My name's Tamsin, my pronouns are she and her, and it's lovely to see you um, here. Uh, you might have seen there's a, a gathering of lament over in the Oval across the way. The Brisbane Lions have got their, their members gathering post-grand um, final, so there's some sorrow-filled people walk. It was, I know this, but they're just sort of, I don't know what you do at a post-grand final, get just share in your grief. I guess that's, there's a role for that, just to share in your grief and sadness. Um, that is going on outside. Um, we have just got a short service. Speaking of grief and sadness, let's bring it inside. <laughs> what a joy. Um, we uh, are in a series on the prophets um, and today, given it's a shorter service, we just thought we'd do um, a liturgy or a sort of a practice that's a very old practice in the church of prayers and scripture that's said in the community to help us remember um, and reflect on what was and um, dream what could be um, in something that's said in a more liturgical gathering it would be done every week and we would get the joy of saying the same words in and out and looking for new life in them but we're not like that. We don't quite feel super comfortable in all the liturgy every week, so we shan't do it. We shall just do it every now and then. And even today's is not a traditional liturgy. And even in gathering a liturgy on anything like this, I th I'm thinking of... Um, has anyone seen... I think it's the Great British Bake Off. Have anyone seen... <laughs> There's one episode. I can't even tell you who the celebrity was. He had to make, I think, a trifle. And he sort of presented this smush... And they said, what happened? He said, I started making trifle. I had a meltdown. Voila. <laughs> and, um, so I feel like in my preparation of a liturgy today, it felt a little bit like that. I started to prepare a liturgy, had a meltdown, and here we, here we are today. Um, to, and you can share that with me. Um, but, yeah, maybe I can channel this, this image. Um, but I'm going to start with a prayer um, that, um, and I'm going to use the slides today without a computer, um, and as we light a candle, recognising that it's not just us and our own resources and our chaos and our um, all the things that we bring into the room, but there is a life force that is bigger than us, always permeating our life. So in any liturgical service, there's often a collective voice. Um, it's pretty straightforward in today's service of what um, for you to share and speak. Um, it's usually listed as all. That's Loving God, you have led us to this place, not to shield us from heartache and pain of human life, but to heal us and inspire us, to gently redirect us till we see the world as you do and love it with your love. And we're not going to take a moment of silence today. We're just going to continue on. Embracing the chaos is the theme that we're going to continue with. I'm going to light the candle. Oh God, who called all life into being. Your presence is all around us. Your spirit enlivens all who walk the earth. For creation to be freed from bondage. For captives to be released. Amen. So we, um, as we said before, in 
we're in a series on the prophets, and it can be a really challenging um, collection of books from the Hebrew Bible to read, to reflect on, um, because it can come across as great kind of rupturing texts of not rather than comfort. It's um, they do all sorts of other things alongside of comfort that can be really challenging to read. Um, but one of the things that has come across is just, I'm going to quote Walter Brueggemann, who's a wonderful Old Testament theologian. The prophets speak in images and metaphors that aim to disrupt, destabilize, and invite alternative perceptions of reality. They speak in outrageous and extreme figures because they intend to disrupt the safe constrals of reality, which are sponsors and advocated by the dominant opinion makers. This idea of sort of um, rupturing something that is um, not for the sake of chaos, but for the sake of calming the chaos to see a layer deeper. I picture the idea of a wave and being in a turbulent waters um, in whatever context the chaos looks like. Um, and a prophet is a poet that will come and sort of lead you under the water um, to a place of calm and a place of old story to see the chaos from above from a different angle and to bring about restoration of, of something that is always true. Um, that's kind of an image I just have of the prophets that they, yeah, the aim is not to just disrupt us, it is to disrupt with a picture of refinding a hopeful image of something that can carry us forward and through. Um, there are so many prophets that speak into different. There's many uh, prophets that speak into different parts of Israel's history, and they come with different styles of communication. One thing I do love about them is they're, as Rod shared last week, they're a bit on the performance performance artist style of things, where they encounter something so with such conviction that it overwhelms their life and their life then is a communication tool. Their bodies, their, their actions are a form of communication of this conviction, um, this pain of what they see and this deep desire for people to react and change what they do in light of this deeper revelation. And we don't... Liturgy and prophets seem to... Co like, to me, sometimes liturgy is the perfect sense of harmony and stabilisation and a prophet is this chaotic horn, like, you know, me bringing out my horn rager, stripping off, I'm not going to strip off, but like, that's sort of, that's sort of the kind of this beautiful contrasting image to the, to the calm of liturgy is the, this raging, passionate, heartfelt, someone who's encountered something of God and it has transformed them. Um, they don't, I doubt that they would be great dinner guests because that would be hard work. Um, and I doubt they would be comfortable because they would just would just get out of every box, the left, the right, the political left, the they just would jump out of every box. That, and that makes for very uncomfortable company also. Um, that's just a little um, kind of, I guess, framework for today's liturgy of the God that breaks open, um, not to break us, but to remind us of something always true, to remind us of who should be at the centre and who God cares about. So we have three readings today from the scriptures, um, and they're from the prophets. How wonderful is it? We just have three readings from the prophets. And because of the caveat of this being 
performance art, I, did, I just had to ask Ben to do Ben Tumney to do one of them. <laughs> Keep your clothes on there, Ben, as you share your, your one. So the living God is with us. Uh, let's jump into Ezekiel. I'll grab and pass this on to Ben. Over the heads of the living creatures was something like an expanse that glistened like a sheet of ice. Under this vault-like structure, their wings spread out one another, or towards one another, and each had a pair of wings covering its body. When the creatures moved, their wings made a noise like the roar of rushing waters, like the voice of the breasted God, like the din of a moving army. And a voice came from above the expanse over their heads. When they stood still, they lowered their wings. Above the vault, over their heads, there appeared what looked like a judgment seat of sapphire. And high above on the judgment seat sat a figure in the likeness of a human being. From the waist up, the figure looked like electricity, like metal glowing in a furnace. From the waist down, it looked like a fire surrounded by a brilliant light. The radiance was like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day. It looked like the appearance of the glory of Yahweh. When I saw it, I fell on my face and I heard a voice speaking to me. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Do you not know now? Have you not heard? Yahweh is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. This God does not faint or grow weary, with a depth of understanding that is unsearchable. God gives strength to the weary and empowers the powerless. Young women may grow tired and weary. Young men may stumble and fall. But those who wait for Yahweh find a renewed power. They soar on eagles' wings. They run and don't get weary. They walk and never tire. Micah 6 verse 8. Listen here, mortal. God has already made abundantly clear what good is and what Yahweh needs from you. Simply do justice, love, kindness, and humbly walk with your God. May we find wisdom in these ancient voices as they continue their retelling of their experience of God and God's people. That's not a wonderful collection of just these strange, beautiful voices of the prophets. Um, I chose those three, the first to sort of look at this inbreaking of this rupture of experience that for in Ezekiel it's the rupture rather than Ezekiel's message to the to Israel it's for Ezekiel they're completely overwhelmed by an image of the glory of God they can't even use words to describe it so a poet must jump in and help explain this all-consuming electric image of God and then the sort of this voice of reassurance of this is a God an everlasting God of love and source of something outside of ourselves. And just this, I do love, listen here, mortal, you know, I think that's how I'd say it. <laughs> you deal, you know, like, I don't know, he wouldn't say deal. Um, just this, this simplicity of, with all of the things that we could be doing, there's something very simple at the heart of God. To do justice, sometimes referred to as shalom, or all-encompassing restoration. 
and peace, to love kindness and to walk humbly with God and with love. I just thought, just quickly, which goes against a liturgical tradition, but we might just take a moment um, in speaking of prophets and disruption and voices that challenge the chaos and come at us from sideways um, to re-image what we're experiencing. Maybe take a moment at your tables um, to, to share, if you feel comfortable, an experience of a prophet in your days that you've encountered, and maybe disclaimer with holy prophet, and that disclaimer carries someone who's brought an, a better image of God to you in some way, or a better image of church to you, or a better image of justice to you. Did it look like a person? Was it an experience? Um, what has been your encounter of a prophetic inbreaking, um, and it could be something like someone so convicted by climate change that they just don't stop. They're so disrupted by that 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 has embodied them, and then now that inbreaking is rupturing your view of how you live in the world, um, or something. Let's take a few minutes just to share at your tables. What does a prophetic inbreaking? What does it look like for you? All right, I might have to... Any, any, um, anyone like to share the prophetic that in their world that has come in the form of something, someone? I just shared with Rod that Rod was the thorn in my side sometimes. <laughs> just, uh, uh, challenging me for better um, in how I live my life. So thank you, but not. <laughs> thank, you, thank, thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> anyone else? Want to share of who or how? Yeah. Um, yeah, like in the, I think it might, might have been in the 90s, this New Zealand activist called Mike Smith, which is a very Pākehā name, but he's a um, Ngāpui man back home, and he chopped down a tree on a hill called One Tree Hill, which is very famous in New Zealand. Um, you two wrote a song about it, and like it was like a kind of New Zealand icon. Um, and he chopped down this pine tree and I remember kind of being in like white middle class land in New Zealand about how disgusted, you know, and we were all disgusted that someone would take down a New Zealand icon like that and like, you know, these kind of annoying pesky people trying to like disrupt the peace and all this kind of thing and should arrest them and then they put great efforts in trying to restore this tree um, and then it was, would have been like a decade or more later that I actually read him talking about it and it was when I first engaging with kind of a colonization and decolonization and stuff like this and him saying that it was a protest as it was a pine tree it was an, it was an, a colonial import and um, that was kind of being placed center stage into our cultural heritage and him protesting it by saying we need to address the fact that the uh, Treaty of Waitangi wasn't acknowledged and stuff and yeah for me that being kind of like a pivot turning point of like actually reading the source rather than reading outside narrative around it and for me that was like a really important kind of turning point and going like oh I can now see how if you look at this from two different angles like from the don't break the law no matter what the cost <laughs> to the we need to do something dramatic to say that colonization has massively impacted Maori people um yeah it was a huge turning that was a huge turning point for me like yeah um 
one thing I like about the trajectory of sort of this, we've kind of we tapped into the, the wisdom path, but looking at the, the prophetic path of this rapture and reorientation and sort of remembering and uh, re-landscaping the kind of what's important um, is just kind of how beautifully Jesus walks in and quotes all these prophets out of context and reimagines them and, and sort of in himself is this really agitating force that disrupts a lot of angers, a lot of people um, and people who didn't understand or didn't see the perspective of what he was trying to get to, but that at the heart was this remembering the covenant or the relationship with God, remembering who God loves um, and reorientating. Um, another act of the prophets is um, the kind of this uh, justice that looks like when we're reordering who's important, we pray for them. Um, and in church, prayer is, we've done a series on prayer, you know, I think they've been the long ones. Prayer is complicated. We, we don't agree that or believe that prayer is just a passive voicing of things but it is a a voicing of things that changes us in the process that we become part of the answers to prayers and we are changed the landscape is changed in our prayers so a tradition in um, a liturgical service is that we say prayers uh, for our world the life that we live in um, and in doing so hope to re-landscape and bring to our centre what is important to God, um, like the prophets would have done. Um, and so I've got this prayer um, that it comes from, uh, I think it's, this is from uh, We Make the Road by Walking by um, Brian McLaren, um, a lovely book, um, but just talking about how we, how we come and pray together. Um, praying is hard. Addressing our climate, addressing our global issues are very hard. So we just come and try again and again to voice them and reorientate ourselves. So I'm going to say these words. um, And if you want to join me in the collective, which is God, hear our prayer. um, And then we we will come together in spirit of hope. With all our heart and with all our mind and with all our strength, let us pray to the living God. For this good earth, this holy creation, for the wisdom and will to cherish, understand, reverence, rightly use and conserve it, we pray to the living God. For all in danger, hunger or sorrow, for the aged and infirm, the widowed and orphan, the sick and suffering in body or mind, for prisoners and refugees, the poor and oppressed, the unemployed and destitute, the bereaved and alone, the war-torn and wounded, and for all who care for them, we pray to the living God. For all who hold positions of trust in the worlds of religion, education, government, business, community, culture and family, that they may promote well-being of all creation, we pray to the living God. For any who have caused us pain, For those we struggle to understand and strain to love, for all who do not love us or who consider themselves our enemies, that they may find life and that we may be fully reconciled, we pray to the living God. For ourselves and our circles of family and friends, for the grace to learn, desire and do your will humbly in our daily life and work, we pray to the living God. Now the last thing that we're going to do today is in this prophetic tradition is turn our eyes to hope, um, which is a funny thing, and the prophets hold on to it, that they paint it and they 
give words to it and form it. And hope in a time of chaos is um, its almost jar. It's sort of the tenacity of it, you know, that, that wonderful book. Um, but that we hope in the face of, of, of really difficult things. Poets paint images of what hope looks like. Um, prophets come in and speak life to the unformed future. And we are changed because we need hope. We need some images of hopefulness. Um, and so we will continue to look at this imaginative hope of the prophets across our series. But, um, but a practice that we'll, we will conclude our gathering today before we go and have a picnic in the park, if you'd like to join us, um, is the prophetic act of lighting a candle. Um, and sometimes we add prayers or intent behind it. But sometimes it's just simply we light a candle because we believe that there is light that continues, there is hope that continues in whatever context you come with today. Um, there is hope that people will speak into Indigenous affairs and to bring justice to injustice where we see it. There is hope even for my friend who is very unwell. I don't know what hope looks like for her, but, but there is hope and I hope through the act, rebellious act of lighting a candle. So if you feel comfortable... We'll come into a circle. We don't have communion today, so you're more than welcome to just gather in a circle um, and uh, come and light a candle um, as a prophetic act today that we don't let the chaos overwhelm us um, and that we come together to help us in hope. I've told Sam he can blow them out afterwards, so better, better get on with it. <laughs> I, in this act of defiance, we... Um, we continue to come again and again and look to the light, look to the hope that we find somewhere in our tradition, um, somewhere in the stories of God and somewhere in our living experience of God. I'm going to say a word of a prayer over us and then um, we might all say amen at the end. Loving God, help us as we listen to holy rupture, to uncomfortable reordering. Guide us as we navigate chaos and look for new hope helped by the poets, truth-seekers and prophets in our midst. May the prophetic tradition lead us along a prophetic path that reveals what is, remembers God's love and who God loves and then reimagines what can be. And we all say, Amen.